unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey yo! Welcome. Did you say hey yo? I said hey yo. Hey yo. Is that not an appropriate response? I've never I text people, I'll be like, hey yo. Yeah, it's a text thing. You don't say it in real life. Hey yo. <laughs> Today we have Christopher Cunningham with us. Hi, Christopher. Howdy. 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 See, he also okay. is well versed in salutations. Um, no, well, he's from Texas. From Texas. Oh, so, he so we've came got Howdy all down. All the way from San yeah. Antonio. So excited to be here. I know. We're, we're so, so excited. excited to have I am you. such a huge fan. Well, and, and why is he here? Well, he is a senior religion writer for his blog Hello. on Patheos. Uh-huh. So, so like the know the know how about religion is right here. <laughs> but tell us about, a little bit about you and your family. So um, so I live in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, my wife is a marriage and family therapist. I write about religion. I've got uh, two boys, uh, a, a one-year-old and a four-year-old, and I love Ooh. lip balm. What? Okay, like, what <laughs> So I was addicted to Carmex from the okay. time I was like in second the grade. Squeeze, like the squeeze kind or the tube? No, the, no, the tube. The, the, the tube. Well, it was like a little oh, back. Oh, you're I'm so like, old. It was like, yeah, a little circle. And you'd like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I still use that kind. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've converted Sorry. to uh, Blistex in the last couple of years. Because oh I always have it with me. I know, right? Wait, so I that, use, that's how you know. I I'm serious. I think I use but it comes the... in the little circle thing that I did. No, but, oh, yeah, but this yeah. is a serious really subject. Good. Addiction to chapstick <laughs> is real. Well, you don't eat it, do you? You just wear it. No, no, no gross. Okay. <laughs> well, you could be addicted to eating chapstick. Well, have you be... seen My Strange Addiction? Okay, no, we're not I'm going there. I'm sure it's been on there. Well, but speaking of strange things... Every once in a while, you know, when you're learning about the church, you come across, across come across, accosted. You are accosted by negative things about the church. They just jump out at you and they just like, and it's kind of hard to ignore them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I would, some people's faith is shook, mm-hmm. shooketh, shaken, shaked. <laughs> Wait, we're like doing like a serious topic. Some, shaken up. Okay, like confession, I was up till four playing League of Legends. Just it was it. not a good decision. I had to be to work by eight. It was a terrible oh thing. God. I'm running low. <laughs> so now your verb conjugation is a little bit But no, um, so some people's, um, their faith can be sh- shaken mm-hmm. by the things they see about the church that are negative. Some people who are investigating the church probably don't really have faith in the church yet, but just are completely diverted from wanting to learn more. Yeah, you know? it can be hard because I know a lot of people when they know someone is investigating the church and they don't like the church, they'll send a lot of anti-Mormon stuff to them mm. to try yeah. to say like, you shouldn't join this church and here's why. But it's hard with those resources because they're all very one-sided. And a lot of the times they don't really use the actual facts as we believe them. It's a lot of like misinterpretations and miscommunications. And we'll get into right. that. But it's a definitely it's definitely a real thing that we know a lot of you guys might be struggling with because we know a lot of you guys are looking into the church. And we, we kind of wanted to talk about it since we have yeah. our expert here. Uh-huh. We wanted to talk about. <laughs> like, I roll my eyes. Yeah, like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, what yeah, like do? how we can respond to like coming across um, anti. Yeah. So I remember when I was on my mission, and I don't think I should have, but I always drove uh, my companions crazy because everyone who would come and give us like anti-Mormon pamphlets, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll read that. Because it never bothered me. Right. Like, I've always been happy to read anything yeah. that anyone has said. And so now I make it my business to read 
anti-Mormon material. Whatever people are saying to try and tear down the church or tear down faith, I'm very familiar with what they're saying. And I try to be because for me, it's always been, I feel like we all have spiritual gifts. And I feel like what I've had has just been to believe. Yeah. Right? Some are given to believe. And my my mother converted like a year and a half before I was born. Okay. And my cool. my dad had converted like seven years before I was born. They hadn't met each other yet. But right. um but so like I grew I grew up in the church, but like I grew up like with a convert zeal, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. like it wasn't like this bedrock tradition like it is no, for a lot of members. That's new. How it my was, yeah. Too. And I think that's great for a lot of people, but it just wasn't my experience. Like it was sizzling. Yeah. Like I never knew the church was true. Like I just saw the church was true. Like yeah. it was just it was changing my parents' life. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of my experience. And so for me, every time I hear something about the church, like I'm just naturally inclined to see it in the most positive possible light. Yeah. And so I feel like Okay, so now if I'm seeing these negative things and it's not bothering me, maybe I can go back and say, okay, why isn't this bothering me? And if I can articulate that for other people, maybe it can help it not bother them either. Because it doesn't. I know what they say. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me. I love the church. I still think the church is true. I'm happy to be a member of the church. Right. And... I don't think that's going to change. I don't think they're going to come up with something new. They're not really coming up with that much new. <laughs> well, I mean, most yes, of it's, it's the 200-year-old stuff. Right, you know, that they exactly. just kept been repeating. Yeah. So that's kind of, and I think I think there's some things that I've done that maybe other people can do to kind of use that same mindset. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, like I'm saying on the blog that I, I've just started over on Patheos, that's what I'm hoping to do, is look at some right. of these tough issues and say, okay, why, does this, why is this so easy for me but so hard for other people? And maybe I can explain that and... I'm not trying to convince them that they have to believe like me, but I know a lot of people want to believe. Yeah, and what I like about what you said, too, is that I know there are a lot of anti-Mormon people who are saying, oh, these Mormons, they're just being ignorant. They're not looking at what we're saying, and they're not... Because I know a lot of people are telling people in the church, like, don't read anti-Mormon literature, just don't look at it, it's not good. And I understand that because a lot of it isn't correct, and so I understand why people are saying don't read it, but at some point, I mean, sometimes we face it. Like, when I started on the show, I saw a lot of negativity and anti-Mormon stuff that I wasn't really familiar with. And so I think I like I like what you're doing a lot yeah. because I don't think we can just ignore it. I think there's comes a point where you need to face it. Well, and I think anti-Mormons hate me. They hate talking to me <laughs> because for them, they've lost the faith, right? Yeah. They've lost something right. in their life. And most of them have moved on and they've kind of constructed a new life, but they did lose something. So they have to convince themselves, or I can't speak for all of them, but a number of them convince themselves that they didn't have any other choice. That they had to leave the church because they discovered some information that right. that that is so convincing, and that information doesn't exist. But they have to convince themselves right. that it because does to justify yep. to justify exactly. what they lost. Because it's almost and so when I'm like, always, I know this yeah. information, and I was able to stay. They're like, no, you have to be brainwashed, or you have to have cognitive dissonance. Because if you could have learned it and stayed, then I could have learned it and stayed. Wow. And they just can't. Like that's that's that, a hard that's a hard pill to swallow. No, that is super deep though, because that's like because that brings up you know, sense of personal failure that I think a lot of people want and to you know, avoid, you know. Everyone can make their own decisions, and right. I'm not trying to say everyone who's made that decision right. no, but that, needed I, to I, do that's a different way. definitely but, the case for some people. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, a metaphor came to my mind, and I love metaphors. It's super, it's going to be super good. Ready? So, <laughs> you don't need to try the poison to know it's poisonous, but it is good to understand the poison so that you know what the antidote is, just in case. So, lies, literal lies about the church is poison. You shouldn't just go around just to try it, you know? Yeah. 
but we should have the antidote ready just in case we come across it on accident. I think you're right. And I think there is a history of people being threatened by the church and wanting to, to sort of create lies about it or create half-truths about it uh, or um, sort of spin it beyond comprehension sure. like the uh, God Makers video you guys did recently. <laughs> um, but but there's also stuff about the church that, that really did happen yeah. and really is perhaps hard to understand and really does say, okay, maybe I need to think about this. Maybe I need to understand what exactly is my faith, you know? Maybe my faith was. You never see Justin really again simple. because his faith. No, just kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, do, you guys, no, do, you, so do you guys talk about Terrell Givens ever on this? Mm -hmm. So I adore Terrell Givens. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. So he, I met him once and he was lecturing and he said, in his experience, what he sees is he usually sees Latter-day Saints who sort of have a simple faith, right? They've grown up, they've learned the gospel, they know what they need to know in order to sort of advance faith-wise. Yeah. But they don't necessarily know the church history in a lot of depth. And so then you sort of have the second stage where people then start learning all this stuff, and it breaks a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And they, they learn things like, um, about like Mountain Meadow Massacre, or um, they learn about you know, prophetic uh, fallibility and right. Joseph Smith's life. And, and, yeah. and, and they're like, oh, this can't work. And he, and he says, but what happens is if you just push through that stage, if you can just have enough faith to say, okay, this is tough, but I want to believe, I want to stay. He says there's a third phase of people who see past that and they see the beauty, the divinity and the humanity of the prophets, the, the mm -hmm. beauty in we are broken people that God is somehow managing to save. Yeah. And once you're there, none of those, none of those things that, that are hard go away. Those are still hard. People still make big mistakes, but it doesn't take anything away from God. It doesn't even yeah. take anything away from your faith. And so, yeah, so I, so I really like that kind of process that he had described and if he ever watches this i'm so sorry i'm sure i butcher no, a very I elegant idea that but, yeah. when i feel like um like that process you just described you know going to like that third level yeah. and pushing through i think that applies even to things that happen today when like leaders of the church who are fallible you know i've heard stories of bishops who have committed crimes you know or, yeah. or even like um leaders of the yeah. church who have done things that not only are like against the commandments, but are illegal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that can be really hard when you, I know people whose faith a lot of times is based on these leaders, you know, like they were, they look up to them and they're, mm -hmm. but we just have to push past the fallibility, yeah, like yeah. the fallibility of man and, and see the divinity. Yeah. So what would you say, Christopher, yeah. if someone today were to come across something that made them uncomfortable, someone who may be investigating the church or they have a testimony in the church, but they read something and they're like, that just doesn't seem right. And that doesn't sit well with me about the church. Like, what would your advice be for them to do next? So I, I once knew this, this guy. He had joined the church. He had been a member of the church for about a year. Mm -hmm. And he read a verse in Isaiah that said that there's only one God. Mm -hmm. And he had recently, or he had learned something in Sunday school about eternal progression. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, this doesn't make any sense. And the missionaries at the time said to him, they said, well, pray about it. And I think that's great advice. I think that's probably the right advice that they gave him. And so he prayed about it. He felt the spirit and he kept going to church. And the next time the missionaries came over, he says, you know, this is bothering me. I don't understand why this is. And they told him, pray about it. So he prayed about it. That felt fine. And he kept going to church. 
but he still had no idea why that was. Right. And so finally we said, well, they're talking about worshiping Baal. That's what they're talking about in that verse. And then he had something to, to pray about. You know, he felt the spirit. He knew it was true or, or, you know, he knew that this was working for him. So he didn't want to leave, but his question just wasn't getting answered. And I wonder how long that could have gone before just feeling the spirit over and over again wasn't working for him and that persistent question. And so I think, I think pray. I think that is the right answer, definitely. But, but also find an answer yeah. so that you have something to pray about. And I think there's lots of good resources out there for that. I think talking to people one-on-one is great. Um, I think what, what I, you see a lot of people do is they try to put it like out there. They're like, let's, because we do so much on social media now, right. you kind of put it out there and then it becomes like this public thing where public you have this doubt and then you feel like you have to defend your doubt and then you're like retrenching in this, this belief that you have. And I think when we do that, we sort of reinforce that doubt that we had. So I think if we can talk about, even talk to the same people you would have talked to online, just talk to them instead of. Yeah, no, you know, well, because you say things online that you wouldn't use yeah. in person. Yeah. Uh, so I think that helps is just talking. Obviously, there's lots of there's lots of resources to answer those questions. I'm yeah. hoping this new blog will be yeah. one of those. Yes. That'd be awesome. Oh um, there's a resource I really like called fairmormon.org. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, but it has things listed by topics. And a lot of it, a lot of church history stuff. So if you have any questions, anything that I've had questions about, I've gone there and I've been able to find answers for I think another thing that's kind of important, I'll tell a story. So I'm, I'm nine years old, and I'm sitting in the, the center of my parents' station wagon, and I'm looking out the window, and we're stuck on the interstate, and I'm looking out the right window at a semi-truck. And so I've got, you know, this perspective here, and the semi-truck all of a sudden starts moving this way, and I feel us moving, and I am convinced we are moving backwards. Because all I see is this in the truck, uh, yeah. and it looks like we're going we're going this way. Right. And I had absolutely no nothing in my perspective that would have told me anything different. And I kind of got upset until you know <laughs> my parents were able to calm me down and be like, "No, no, we're all moving forward. They're just moving forward a lot faster than us, so it looks like <laughs> we're moving backwards." That's awesome. And I think I kind of have to convince myself of that sometimes is that, you know, maybe just have a little bit of intellectual humility. You know, if you read some information, you're like, this must mean, therefore, you know, oh, I read this, therefore the whole church can't be true. There must be some conspiracy theory holding the church up. Hold on. You know, none of us really are that smart. (laughs) We've got, you know, you ever see those uh, optical illusions where it's the two circles the same size and then one is big? And you're convinced that they're different sizes, but they're not because we just yeah. only can see what's in our perspective. So and it's so easy to jump to those conclusions. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to sit back, take a deep breath, and take it all in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I exactly. love that. And just kind of say, okay, you know, maybe not every thought that pops into my head is the be-all, end-all. You know, maybe just because my inclination right now is saying, oh, this seems this way. Okay, fine, that seems that way to you, but maybe you got it wrong. And maybe think about how you might have gotten it wrong before making decisions about your faith. Right. Well, and I, th- I think I personally, when I've come across those things that like, like they could shake you or like it's tempted to be like, oh, you like to dwell on it a lot. Um, I, I try to look at all the good things that have come from living the gospel and realize that this one question that I don't have answered doesn't outweigh all the blessings I've received. And so yeah. I think it's, I think it's a little, 
drastic to take one thing you don't understand and to throw away all the good because of that one yep. thing. Well, and I think it's because something we didn't really talk about. We talked about like things about people doing bad stuff and, right. and kind of, but a lot of the material is things that are saying, oh, because of this, we know that the Book of Mormon couldn't have been translated, or yeah. we know that they yeah. couldn't have been. And so it's not really just saying, oh, the church is bad. It's saying this can't be true. And that can be hard, because I think we all right. sort of have this meter in our head, right? Like we're putting this much effort into the gospel. And what's the chance that it's true or not, you know? And yeah. every kind of piece of information we're getting is kind of moving this needle in our head. Right. So true. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that's why that happens. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you keep looking at, the, at this material, and that's Rachel's always saying, every time we talk about this, she's like, if you just read the Book of Mormon every day, none of this will bother you. Yeah. You know, you'll read it and you'll be like, yeah, okay. But if you stop, then that's when... It is the keystone of our religion. Yeah, yeah. and that works too because as much as you can say, oh, I read this to, sh like, you read evidence that proves the Book of Mormon couldn't have been written. There's also evidence that uh, that is out there that's there saying mm -hmm. the Book of Mormon was true, and mm -hmm. this is why scientifically, and that's all great. I mean, there's great stuff, but what it comes down to is the Book of Mormon and your testimony and your faith. There's no way that we can prove everything with science because that's not what religion is about. What would be the point of faith if that if all the answers would could just be there for us? Well, and how many you know? people saw the Book of Mormon, like saw the golden plates and left the church? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. You know, I think I think a lot of us sort of get into the mode that what we believe almost comes passively, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Like, oh, I just believe it because I put all the information into my head and this is the belief that popped out, so I'm stuck with it. Or this is the belief my family has, so I'm stuck with it. Or even I think members of the church are like, I, I was praying for a testimony and I got it. Like it came to me. Or like, right. a, like a little gift that God dropped off because you prayed hard enough. Right. And not to say that you're not getting revelation or your family life or the information in your head isn't affecting it, but you choose what you believe. Like, yeah. you can pick to believe whatever you want. It's not to say everything you could choose is equal, but, like, if you want to believe, then do it. Believe. Say, you know, say in your head, you know what? There's information that says this is true. There's information that says it's not. But I see the, I see how much the gospel blesses these people's lives. I see how happy it makes them. I see how much focus and groundedness. And you know what? Maybe I don't know that it's true. Maybe I'm not sure that it's true. Maybe my ticker in my head is more to one side than I want. But if you want to believe it, just do it. Just decide. Okay, I'm going to believe it. And what's going to happen is you're going to start believing it more and more. Hmm. Do you guys know how when you buy a new car, you start seeing that car everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as uh, it's called the, the Bader-Meinhof effect. And the same thing happens with your belief. If you choose to believe... You're going to start seeing reasons to believe everywhere. And then all of a sudden, this doubt that you're having, this back and forth, oh, I'm not sure, it's going to go away because you're going to see reasons for belief everywhere. But you've got to take that step first. You've got to say, you know what? Okay, fine. I want the blessings of this. I'm going to choose to believe. And if you do, then you're going to. All that stuff in your head, it's going to work out, but you've got to move first. Yep. And that's kind of backwards from, I think, the way that's comfortable for most people. Right. Most I people agree. want to figure it out first right. and then say, okay, I figured out what's true. Now I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. If you guys have any particular questions or problems, please access these resources um, that we've listed throughout the episode. That's my first YouTube video. They're right there, guys. <laughs> and we also want to plug um, Christopher Cunningham's Twitter, Instagram, 
um, what is it? Facebook page. Facebook. That's right. There we and, go. And what's the other one? That, that, and then head out to the Pathios blog. Pathios blog. Yeah. And they're all just my name. Christopher D. Cunningham or Christopher Cunningham. Yeah. 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 And then we'll also have those. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, I, it was so nice. Yeah, I know. I love you guys. I just want to like anytime we get here. a comment that I'm like, I just want to refer to you. Just be like, Chris, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time responding to comments. <laughs> I, I think I'm ready to retire from that. Yeah, part of you're my like, life. fingers can't take it anymore. <laughs> we'll leave that to Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.